You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Have you ever felt that no matter what you did, no matter how much you tried, how much you try to get ahead, things are just hopeless. Maybe you watched as others seem to get ahead, and yet nothing works for you. You work hard, you spend carefully, the bills keep piling up. We've always all been there at one time or another, Most of us have known pain and discouragement in our lives. But we also know that with God, there is help and there is hope. For the person who puts their trust in the Lord, there's hope for the future. This is the last Sunday of another year. It has gone by so quickly. Some of us had meant to do some things differently this year. We started off good, but we soon found ourselves getting back into that old rut. I just want to read from Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 1 to 9. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus says the Lord who makes it, the Lord who formed it, to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. What a promise. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the house of this city and the houses of the kings of Judah, which have been pulled down to fortify against the siege mounds and the sword. They come to fight with the Chaldeans, but only to fill their places with dead bodies of men whom I will slay in my anger and my fury. All of all for whose wickedness I have hidden my face from this city. Behold, I will bring it health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. I will cause the captives of Judah and the captives of Israel to return and will rebuild those places as at the first. I will cleanse them from all their iniquity by which they have sinned against me. I will pardon all their iniquities by which they have sinned and by which they have transgressed against me. Then it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise and honor before all the nations of the earth who shall hear all the goodness that I do to them. 
they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and all the prosperity that I provide for it. Amen. You see here, God's mercy and God's grace. He's talking about a people who had turned their backs upon him and how he was going to allow the enemy, their enemies, to come in and to ravage them. And yet, he says, call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. If you will call out to me, this whole situation will turn around and I will bring peace and honor to you and prosperity to you. I will provide for you what I have promised if you will call out to me. And so, in this, situa- this uh, uh, portion of scripture, we see a, a hopeless situation as far as human understanding and human knowledge is concerned. I believe we can say that Jeremiah faced a hopeless situation in the natural. The book of Jeremiah indicates that Jeremiah has lived a a very tough life. He had served as a counselor and a confidant of kings of, of Judah for over 40 years. But nobody's listening to him. He is a man of God. He shares what God is speaking to his heart. He's a prophet. And he he shares what God is saying to him concerning the future of Judah and Israel. But no one wants to face reality. They would rather hear him say that everything is going to be good. Keep on doing what you're doing. And uh, everything is going to be okay. It's all going to work out in the end. They wouldn't listen. They didn't want to listen to the truth. Do it sound familiar? Jerusalem is now surrounded by the Babylon Babylon armies. And siege ramps are under construction. And the potential for total destruction is a reality. Some of you may not know and understand what a siege ramp is. They were in a walled city. And uh, it was very hard to penetrate those walls. What the enemy would do when they would come to a walled city, they would start bringing in rocks and and earth and filling it up and filling it up until they got it right up to the, the height of the wall. And they made a, a, a large enough so that the whole army could come in against them and get over the wall and conquer them. During this time, this could take many months to, to build up this siege ramp. But, and, and during this time, nobody could get out of the city and nobody would be allowed in. The, 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 the enemy wouldn't allow anybody in. So they couldn't get any supplies and, uh, and so after a while, they would be starving. Uh, they would result or they would revert to even eating their own people. Cannibalism in, in, in such times. And this is what they were facing. There is every reason for despair and the nation's condition 
looks quite hopeless. Jeremiah the prophet, that great man of God, is in prison. They didn't want to hear what he said was going to happen. God said, this is what's going to happen, Jeremiah. I want you to tell them. But Jeremiah knew before even he opened his mouth, they weren't going to listen. And so they, they put him in prison. The leaders of Jerusalem had gotten tired of hearing Jeremiah warn about God's judgments, so they put him in prison. Now, it seems that the prophet's prophecies are coming true. He did everything that God had told him to do and to say, yet he finds himself in prison. But God. It is when things are the darkest, when there seems to be no hope, no help in sight, that God visits his people. We can mess up terribly. We can do, make so many wrong decisions that there seems like there's no way back. There's no way out. And yet God visits his people. He visited Daniel, remember? When he was in the lion's den. He visited Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were in the fire furnace. No hope. You're thrown into a den of hungry lions. There's no hope. They're starting to tear you apart before you, you, your body hits the ground. You're into a fiery furnace. that They had the heat so hot that the guys that were throwing them in fell down dead just from the heat. He visited Peter when he was in prison. And the saints were praying for his release. He visited, he, he visited Paul and Silas when they were in prison. And sometimes God allows discouragements and disappointments and frustrations just to help us to understand the situation, the, the, the reality of, of life and, and, and realize that we need to turn to him, and it causes us to say, okay, Lord, I know I messed up. I need help. Sometimes we have to suffer the consequences of our wrongdoing, our wrong decisions, before we can realize that God's way is the best way. You may be going through a deep trial right now. It may be sapping your strength. Maybe causing you to realize that without God, there's no help. All of your energy is gone. Maybe you're going through a time of depression. Are you running or trying to bury yourself in work? Don't want to face the situation? Burying yourself in recreation or alcohol, drugs, all of these things, people, people try to bury their problems, to forget just for a little while. But after you finish with that, nothing has changed. I believe God has a word for you today. No matter what you have 
been facing, no matter what has worried you or caused you to be overwhelmed, it's the same command and promise that he made to Jeremiah to share to the people a long time ago. Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. God has the answer. And those who put their faith and trust in him, the Bible says, will never be disappointed. He's always on time. He's never late. You may think, Lord, how can I go through this another day? God knows. When you're calling on him, he's going to answer your prayer. And so we have an amazing promise. Jeremiah is imprisoned in a city, about to be captured and overrun by his enemies. If there was ever anyone who should be without hope, it's Jeremiah. While all of this is going on, he's still in prison. He can't even talk to them anymore. But in the midst of it all, God issues a command. Call unto me. You know, when things are going well, it's human nature to forget God. When you don't have to pray for your meal, where is your meal coming? You can reach into your pocket and take out your credit card and order whatever you want. You tend to forget God. Until the bills come in. Then, oh Lord, help me. Call unto me. In other words, pray. That's the way you call out to God. When things seem dark, when there's no hope in sight, pray. Now, if you haven't been in the habit of praying, if you've let down in your prayer life, what's the first thing the old devil is going to speak into your mind? Oh, yeah, sure, you'll pray now when you're in trouble. You didn't pray last week when everything was going well. He wants to put a guilt trip on you. But tell him to take a hike. I'm going to pray anyway. Because I know where my help comes from. It comes from the Lord that makes heaven and earth. Amen. With the command comes a promise. It's a promise so important, so great, that God signs the promise with his own name, the Lord, or in some versions it's Yahweh. Four times in verses 1 and 2, he signs his name, Yahweh, my, the Lord, just like the name on a contract, guaranteed that it will be performed. The Lord is the creator of heaven and earth and all that is in it. He's the Lord who made us. First, God promises to answer your prayer. He will hear. He will listen to your prayer. Our God, the almighty God, the all-knowing God, the all-seeing God, the ever-present God, he knows everything. He sees everything. He knows when you're calling. He hears when you're calling. 
and he will listen. He makes a second promise as well. He will show us great and mighty things. Great and mighty things. Things beyond your imagination or your comprehension. Lord, I don't know how you're going to get, out of, get me out of this one. Lord, I don't know how you can do this. I don't have to know how he's going to do it. You don't, know, you don't have to know how God is going to solve your problem. Do you believe that he can? If you believe that he can, then he will. Amen? He's looking for men and women of faith who will believe his word, who will trust his word, and receive from his bountiful supply. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you haven't invited him into your heart, if you're tired of living in your own way and you're ready to commit your life to him, this promise is for you. You don't have to have a record of all of these good things that you've done. How good I've been this year, Lord. It's almost like waiting for Santa Claus. You know, I'm surely I'm going to get a good gift this year. I've been so good. Look at the list. No. You could have been a rascal all year. But the minute that you call upon God, the minute that you say, Lord, I need help, he's there to help you. You'll never understand real joy. You'll never understand how great life can really be until you put your trust in Jesus Christ. And say, Lord, I'm giving you my all. I've tried my way. I've tried doing it my way. And it hasn't been working. I want to give my life to you. Second, 1 Corinthians chapter 2.14 tells us that the natural man do not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, the Bible says you will never understand how great it is to be a Christian to give Jesus, until you give Jesus Christ control of your life. You've got to actually do it. You've got to actually come to a place in your life where you say, Lord, I surrender to you. I give my life to you. John chapter 7, verse 38 says, He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his innermost being or out of his heart, out of his belly, will flow rivers of living water. And the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. You know, I, everyone got gifts. You know, I got some lovely gifts for Christmas, but I got one gift I didn't ask for. Somebody gave me a flu. <laughs> I don't really know who it was, but somebody gave me a flu. And I've been fighting that. And so as we were worshiping this morning, it was good worship and everything, but I, I, I knew that I had to, to preach the word this morning, so I thought, well, I'm, I'm not going to sing or nothing. I'm just going to just listen to the people and just enjoy it that way. But that don't work for me. 
You know, like I, I feel like I've been in a, in a, in a cage all morning and, I, and, I, and I'm trying to get out right now. Maybe I'll get out before we're finished there. But um, there's something about when you, when you give to the Lord. Give of yourself to the Lord. Worship him freely. You know, we don't put on the act here. You see someone raising their hands. They're not saying, look at me how, how holy I am, how spirit. That's, that's so far from people's minds. All of they just, when we begin to sing, we worship together. We just love the Lord and we just, you know, it just comes natural. Lord, I just I'm reaching out to you. So anyway, uh, I don't know why I said that, but I'm sure it'll fit in here somewhere. It's hard to describe being born again to someone who is not a believer. It's difficult to describe beauty to someone who can't see. Uh, how can you actually accurately share the sound of songbirds on a warm spring day to someone who has never heard? How can you share the beautiful worship team, what the sounds that comes from this platform on a Sunday morning to someone who can't hear. And so that's the way it is with salvation. You've got to experience it to know what we're talking about. Until you turn your life over to Jesus Christ, there's no way that I can accurately describe to you how great that life can be. I don't know about you, Christian, but I'm enjoying this life. I'm enjoying this life. I don't see anything that the world has to offer that I'm longing for. Oh, I wish I wasn't a Christian so I could participate in that. They've got nothing the world has nothing that can lure me away from the love of Jesus Christ. This promise is for those of you who know him but also are not close to him right now. Maybe you're discouraged by circumstances. Maybe you've got an ailment that's Doctors just can't pinpoint what it is. And you go to the doctors and you get all kinds of tests done. And you sit by the doctor and he says, we don't know what's taking place in your body. I mean, once or twice, well, sooner or later they'll find it. But Samantha, I mean, she was a year or more, wasn't she? I mean, they couldn't find out what was wrong. All kinds of tests is mine. And she was getting skinnier and skinnier. And we were all praying and praying. And then one day in the, the most least likely place that you would think a healing would take place, out on Cameron's farm in a tent meeting, God, by his Holy Spirit, healed her completely. And I don't know if the doctors ever came up with a solution as to what was wrong. 
The Bible says that we all face difficulties. And uh, we all face persecution. The Bible says that everyone who lives, lives godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So, when you sign on for Jesus Christ, when you say, okay, Lord, I'm giving you my all today, that don't mean that you're never going to have a problem. Jesus didn't promise that you would never have a problem if you serve him. But he says, I'll be with you. When you go through the fire, I'll be with you. When you go through the floods, you won't get drowned. Amen. All of the host of hell can come against you, but he is stronger, greater. He's greater than all of our problems. He promises to go through the difficulties with us. And that's a comfort in itself. I know many of you can say amen to the things that I'm saying here this morning because you've gone through it. So what do we do? We go to the source of all blessings when we're going through these difficult times. So that's why I can say the next year that is coming on, 2019, is we've got a whole lot of hope because our hope is in Jesus Christ. He says, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you do not know. It's hard to explain how it is that we often try everything before we try Jesus. And even in the little things. I mean, I got a headache. Oh, you got uh, any a leave there? Anyone got an aspirin? I'll take the aspirin before I will say, would somebody pray for me because I've got a headache. We need to be just as efficient in praying and asking God and asking people to pray for us when we've when we're got the little things happening in our lives as the big things. It's hard to explain how it is that we try everything else. Israel had decided to fight in their own strength. They had turned away from God. In doing so, God would not bless them. How many know that if you decide to walk away from God and to indulge in sinful practices, that God is not going to bless that? Even though you're serving him and you say, I'm going to have a night on the town. Don't expect God to bless that kind of stuff. They had turned away from God. They had effectively stopped the flow of God's blessing. But here in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 3, God is giving them a way out. He's giving them another chance at kingdom living. And every day he's, he's reaching out to us, he's calling out to you and I, saying, I've got a kingdom. I've got a kingdom that I want you to be a part of. I want you to get the benefits of being a part of my family. They would but call out to God, here is what he would do for them. Now, and as I read this, I want you to keep in mind, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, 
and forever. You and I are bound to time. Hours, minutes, seconds, days, weeks, months, years. That's our realm. God's realm is eternity, past and eternity, future. And on and on and on. He says, I will bring health and healing. If they'll call out to him, this is what he would do. I will bring health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. He says, I will cause the captives of Judah and, and, and Israel to return and, and will rebuild those places as at first. All they have to do is call out. He said, I will cleanse them. I will pardon all their iniquities. If you call out. All the nations of the earth shall hear of the good that I do to them. And they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and the prosperity that I provide for them. That's what happens when people call out to God. That wasn't just for back then. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you call out to him, whatever your need is, whatever situation that you're feeling, the thing that is keeping you down, the, the, the sins, the addictions, whatever it is that is keeping you from experiencing the blessings of the Lord that makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it, you will be broken because God will hear your call. He will hear your prayer and he will answer you. Doesn't this remind you of 2 Chronicles chapter four, 7, verse 14? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. That's what we're going to be about next week. For a whole week we're going to be praying and fasting and calling upon God. To change everything around in this place. We've been trying to do some things in our own strength. But we're going to say, Lord, we want to give you everything that we've learned. Everything that we've been studying. And we want to lay it at your feet and say, Lord, anything that we have studied, anything that we have have been planning that is not of you, that is not your plan. It may be good things, but it's not your plan for your church here in Coal Lake. Then, Lord, we want to submit that to you and say, Lord, show us those great and mighty things that we do not know. We're calling upon you because we realize, Lord, that we need help. God always offers a way out. His offer still stands for us today. If you need forgiveness of sins, call out to him. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. 
And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10, 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I've looked into this, and whoever means whoever. Simple as that. There's nobody outside of the grace of God that is able, if you can find the courage to say, Lord, I'm calling upon you. I need you as my personal Savior. He will save you. If you need healing of any kind, call out to him. Exodus 15, 26. I am the Lord who heals you. That's what he says. The Psalms 147 verse 2, he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, these signs will follow those who believe. Who? Those who believe. Those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. If you need deliverance of any kind, call out to him. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, The word of God is quick and alive or powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Apply the word to your situation. The word of God is to believe. The word of God is to be obeyed. And I know I've, I've, I've heard the, the, and, 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 and read things now where people are placing less emphasis upon the word, proclaiming, well, Jesus is the word and the Bible. So they're sort of saying, okay, you know, like Jesus is the word, so you don't have to follow the Bible so much. You just follow Jesus. Don't get it mixed up. Don't, don't, allow, don't allow those kind of things to, to deaden your faith. It's those sort of things that sounds good when you hear it. But you need to know that the Word of God is your guideline, the Bible. If you want me to change it from the Word to the Bible, I'll say the Bible. The Bible is your guideline. The Bible is your manual. You follow the Bible and you won't go wrong. You, fight, you follow men. I don't care who they are. don't care how many degrees they've got. You follow just man and you're going to get in trouble. Okay? And you can listen to someone and they got... Year, probably you've listened to them for years and the, everything they say is spot on and then they say one thing and, and, and you believe that because they said so many good things. Listen, line everything up with the Bible. Okay. I, know, I knew I was going to get out of the cage sooner or later. <laughs> if you have a material, financial or spiritual need, call out to him. Whether it's material, financial, or spiritual. The same, the same thing everywhere. Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. This is God speaking, guys. This is God's word. This is what he's speaking to us. And so if we would follow this, 2019 is going to be a great year. Amen? I hope you know that prosperity 
includes much more than dollars and cents. This is where we, this is where we mess up. We hear prosperity and, oh, turn off, turn it off, turn them off, don't listen, don't listen. Everything about you will prosper if you will put God's word into practice. You will follow the Bible. Paul, or, uh, John says in First John, uh, 3 John, verses 1 and 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. While we may certainly pray for our material prosperity, we should never lose sight of the fact that our greatest need is spiritual prosperity, which lasts forever. You cannot have a spiritual prosperous life without being born again. Spiritual birth must take place before you can grow in knowledge and faith in Christ. You cannot become like him until you have accepted him into your life. So, in conclusion, we are about to embark on a new year. The choices we make will have a large impact upon what 2019 will be like for us. How satisfied are you with the way things have been going in your life this year? Has everything been coming up roses? Or are there some adjustments that need to be made? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He will direct your path. What would your life be like in 2019? If you say, Lord, I'm going to follow your direction this year. Not what my favorite evangelist says, or my favorite teacher, or my favorite prophet. I'm going to listen to you. And the only way that I know how to listen to God's Holy Spirit speaking into my life is to immerse myself into the Word of God. What would happen if we would focus on Jesus this coming year? God has a plan for your life. You can choose and I can choose to fit into that plan and live a life of blessing for myself and for others. Jeremiah 29.11 For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Do you think that was only meant for Jeremiah's day? See, again, i got to bring you back to Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is the same. He don't change. We're continuously changing and evolving in the, 
in the church, in the way we do things. But God never changes. You can choose to reject biblical instruction, but you're going to be on your own if you do that. God is not going to say, oh, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to allow you to do that. He didn't create you that way. He created you with a choice, free will. Any of us can say, okay, this is the last day I'm ever going to be in church. I'm not going to fellowship with anyone anymore. Don't stay home and watch TV. Maybe I'll listen to Joel Olstein. I like the positive stuff. Or I'll listen to one of the other guys, Jeremiah somebody. Maybe I'll get some old Billy Graham tapes. Listen to that. We need each other, guys. God's got a wonderful work to do in Coal Lake, but it only can be done if we'll stick together, believe together, pray together. Got a New Year's poem. I'm going to close with this, I think. Instead of making a New Year's resolution, consider committing to a biblical solution. Your promises are easily broken, empty words, though earnestly spoken. But God's word transforms the soul by his Holy Spirit making you whole. As you spend time alone with him, he will change you from within. Maybe you've tried everything and it hasn't worked. Try Jesus. Try Jesus. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you today that we have a hope in you. Help us, Lord, to put you first in our private lives, in our public lives, in our church life. And Lord, as we call upon you, we receive the promise, those great and mighty things that hasn't even entered our mind yet. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Lord bless you and have a great day in Jesus. Now, if you need prayer this morning, we believe in prayer around here. And so if you need prayer for anything, we are willing to pray and believe with you that the miracle will take place. Amen. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.